Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is still Melissa Scacio. Unfortunately, not Father Randall Kazel. We'll have to pray that he feels a little better. Um, we are still coming at you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota, where it's still sunny out. It's beautiful. I'm Wow, for the beginning of February, it is shockingly nice outside. I'm sure it's going to be bad for the farmers eventually. It's just a little windy. It's a little, I know the American flag over at the church across the street is definitely um, whipping around over there. And still joining me, even after the break, um, my good friend Zach Rosson of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, has agreed to stay on with me and, and co-host this segment too. So thank yeah, you, Yeah, somebody's got to keep the ship afloat. Yeah, thank you. Yes, <laughs> I am kind of a mess of a human sometimes, so I, I appreciate that. Um, and we have with us on, on this this half of the hour, um, a special guest, Tim Moser. I said that correct, didn't I, Tim? You're amazing, Melissa. First uh, time and you nailed it. You know, I have a weird Italian last name. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> so I just like whatever people say, we just go with. Um, and you are at St. Anne and Joachim. Where is I don't even know. That's how, uh, how ill-prepared I am for this. But where, where are you located? <laughs> that's right. You got called... Yeah, uh, pinched it at the last second, and that's fine. And speaking of last names, I, when you said yours, it kind of sounded like an ice cream to me, pistachio. But I, pistachio, anyway, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I'm up here in Fargo, North Dakota, actually. Yes, I'm a member of Saint Anandrokin Catholic Church up there, but also um, I'm the Respect Life Director for the Fargo Diocese, and and I do a lot of teaching and a lot of education and retreats and that type of thing. And so that's uh, that's how I'm. Spreading the theology of the body and the culture of life. That's what this retreat is called, Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life. They're oh, connected, beautiful. of course, as you know. Yes, they are definitely connected. And earlier, Teresa and Peter Martins talked about, you know, John Paul II is just so important. He is so culturally significant. He, he had that impact in marriage. Um, so would you like to talk about how uh, John Paul II, the teachings, what teachings you're using um, for the retreat? Sure, absolutely. As you mentioned, Melissa, you know, John Paul II, I like to call him St. John Paul the Great. I mean, he, he will be, right? I mean, he is. He, he will be. Um, so basically, what St. John Paul II saw was this. As he was growing up, of course, in the time of the Second World War, you know, Nazi occupation and then communism after that, the biggest thing he saw was we have violations of the human person everywhere. And he knew there has to be a way there has to be a way for us to see what does it mean to be a human person because we're losing that and if we continue our, our culture continues to slide right because the human person is the most important creation God has God has made if we don't get that right everything is going to fall off the rails mm -hmm. so John Paul II wrote a book called Love and Responsibility basically where it's his philosophical outlook of what does it mean to be a human person what does it mean to love what does it mean to be used how do we use our sexuality so uh, theology of the body isn't just for marriage, as a lot of people think it is. It, it basically answers these two questions. What does it mean to be a human person, and how should I live? And so this retreat is going to talk about the first half, is going to be about the theology of the body as such. How does John Paul structure it? And again, he answers these two questions. Who am I? The first part is, basically, what does it mean to be a human person made of the image and likeness of God? And then the second part, he applies it then to how we live. Oh, which is so important. Society today, I think people, had, they don't know who they are. They don't know whose they are. And I just, I think just St. John Paul II does such a good job of reminding us of that in, in so many different ways. And I know we kind of jumped, like, we almost like jumped past. You are doing a retreat on Theology of the Body. <laughs> and so, like, let's, let's just back up just a second and, and talk a little bit about... Um, 
what, what the retreat is, what it's called, um, the logistics of it, so our listeners at home um, can can know what, what we actually just jumped into when we were talking about what you're actually going to be running there. Yeah, that sounds great, Melissa. As you can tell I get a little excited when I start talking about John Paul II and theology of the body. But a, a, a quick little story here. You talk about you know, who we are, whose we are. I was out of the parish a couple weeks ago, and I started off my whole talk with this. It says, who are you? The place was dead silent mm-hmm. for almost 10 seconds. And then a three-year-old girl says, I am Susie's... Well, I can't remember her last name, right? I'm Susie. <laughs> and I walked over to her, and I knelt down on one knee, and I said, this is someone who knows who she is. I only had one thing, precious daughter of God. Mm-hmm. That is who we are. That is whose we are. And sometimes it has to come out of the mouth of a child, right? Because they're yes. not afraid to say it, and they know. And so this, 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 uh, this retreat called Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life. So what does it mean? I've talked a little bit about the theology of the body. We have to know who we are, right? So what, what it is is this. I, I go over John Paul II's theology of the body, an overview. Obviously, I can't do everything. But once we go over that overview, then I apply it to all sorts of love and life issues, all right? So the idea of contraception, a marriage in the Eucharist, abortion, euthanasia, artificial reproductive technology, and natural family planning. Humanae Vitae, gender. There's sessions on all of this. So, because a lot of Catholics and a lot of, you know, our culture says, well, they kind of know what the church teaches, and it kind of comes across like this. Well, you can't have any fun, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. It's a bunch of rules, that, and, and it's bigotry, and, and they're and all these kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And It's all negative. Catholics, it's all negative. Yeah. It, 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 all, it is all negative, exactly. And even a lot of the Catholics in the pews, right, think, well, I know what the church teaches. I'm not supposed to contracept. But why? And this is yeah. the key. I will give you the why behind the what for each of these things. I'll give you a little history. I'll show you exactly why the church teaches this. I can tell you that the key, the golden thread for everything, is because of what it means to be a human person. Always to be loved, never to be used. That is the answer to every single one of these questions. And when you, when you get that, and you go, oh, the church is teaching on contraception, on marriage, on euthanasia, right, on, on NFP, and re- artificial reproduction, gender. It just makes sense. And they go away going, wow, I can freely choose to love. I can, I can enter into this. And it's a wonderful thing because now you're equipped to live, not just to say, hmm, I wonder why the church teaches that. Because I know um, I find oh sorry Zach go ahead oh I'll never forget when I was first uh, when I first encountered theology of the body through uh, Christopher West right uh, a long yep. time ago and uh, Father Mike Schmitz and just how how eye opening that was to this beautiful teaching of the church and and well just exactly what you said right is now I know why the church teaches what she does and uh, just beautiful like it it, it was responsible for. Uh, not a, a conversion per se, but almost just like a, a deepening of, of my belief in the one true God, right, in, in, our, in our Catholic faith. And it is, it's so beautiful because I, I teach confirmation. And one of the big things, especially with the kids in the secular culture, is the transgenderism and it's like same-sex mm. attraction and it's birth and It's all of these things that are pushed on them and they're told they're good. And then I come in 
and I teach a class, and we we do some basic theology of the body, just enough to get them to the point where it's like, ooh, I'll give you a subject, and you're going to tell me what the church is going to teach on it based on all of these teachings. And when you get to the end, it's beautiful because the kids at the end are like, oh, I get it. Like, it's not hate. It's not discrimination. It's not that the church is being mean and trying to control you. It's just, and then, you know, truth just hits different. When you hear truth, it just kind of... I don't know. It does something. It awakens something. It just makes sense. And, like, you, you hate, like, the phrase having your mind blown seems kind of... It, it sounds kind of corny to say that, but I just remember my first... I listened to Father Mike Schmitz give a talk and just explaining why the church teaches what it does without even deep diving too much into theology of the body. And I just... I couldn't even believe it. It sent me down a rabbit hole, and I just just kept exploring and exploring and exploring and, and got to the point where when you can explain it to teenagers, you know, you, you've got a pretty good grasp on it. Yeah, who do you um, target the retreat for or what population yeah, that, of people? Great, yeah, that's a great question. It really is a wide range. We have, excuse me, um, catechists, DREs, Director of Religious Education, all clergy, okay. parents, and teens, I say, I suggest 16 or older. So it really okay. is for almost everyone. It applies to everyone. Um, you know, you, you, were, you were talking. Go ahead, go ahead, Melissa. Oh no, no, you go, you go right on ahead. I just said that that's beautiful that you're trying to, you're including as many people as possible. Oh, oh absolutely. You know, you, you talk about talking to teens. You know, and, and and of course, John Paul II was huge on freedom. Right? Freedom can't cannot be disconnected to the truth, and that's key. And so, one of the things I do when I go out and talk to youth, right, I talk to teens. For instance, let's talk about freedom, right? So I'll bring someone up and say, Hey, you know what? Do you think teens like a lot of rules or not so many rules? They go, oh, not so many rules. Do they restrict their freedom, right? Yeah. Yes, I've got a little basketball, and I say, okay, let's say we're going to play a little one-on-one. And so let's say I take the ball and I start running with it. What are you going to say? Well, that's traveling. And I come back and say, well, that sounds like a rule. I thought you didn't want rules. Yeah, well, uh, you see, mm-hmm. we once we understand... Think about driving, think about music, think about games. Anything we have, there are rules. And why are the rules there? They're not there to restrict our freedom. They're there to help us to live it fully and safely. Mm. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that they might have life and be really miserable. No, I came that they might have life and have it in abundance, right? And so when you help them to see, and this is the beauty of John Paul II's theology of the Bible, right? He starts with the heart. He starts with personal experience. Now, some people get scared. If you start with personal experience, how they experience things subjectively, ooh, that's going to take you crazy places. But he never, ever leaves objective truth. He guides us along and says, isn't it true? Take basketball again. Isn't it true that if you follow the discipline of, of, of rules, of dribbling, of fouls, and all these kind of things, isn't it true that you experience basketball the fullest, much more than you would if you just had your own kind of quote-unquote freedom? Yeah, that's all he's saying about the human body and life and love issues. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It just it makes me excited to just hear someone else talk <laughs> about it. Because it's like, oh, yes, other people understand this, too, which is fantastic. <laughs> well, we have to go to break quick. So um, on Real Presence Live, we will be back with Tim Moser talking more about the Theology of the Body retreat going on at St. Anne's and Joachim in Fargo, North Dakota. Tune in after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Baptism of the Lord 
In the Gospel account of the baptism of Jesus, the mystery of death and resurrection, sin and redemption, sin and forgiveness is prefigured. Jesus descends into the depths of the Jordan. Being submerged in the river is a symbolic representation of the process of death. An old life is buried so that a new one can arise. Because Jesus himself is without sin and has no old life to bury, his acceptance of baptism is an anticipation of the cross, whereby he begins to share in our lot and to take upon himself our sins and our death. At the moment when he comes up out of the river, the heavens part, and from them is heard the voice in which the Father acknowledges him as his Son. The opening of heaven is a sign that this descent into our night is the dawning of a new day, that the barrier between God and man is being broken down by this identification of the Son with us. God is no longer inaccessible. In the depths of our sins and even of death, he searches for us and brings us into the light again. To this extent, the baptism of Jesus anticipates the entire drama of his life and death and at the same time explains them to us. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Ah, Welcome back to Real Presence Live, coming to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota, with my friend from my last segment, Zach Rawson um, of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And we are on on air today with Tim Moser of Saints Anne and Joachim of Fargo, North Dakota, talking about the Theology of the Body retreat that they have coming up. So, Tim, if you would like to just share about some of the logistics of the retreat, how can people register, where is it, cost... Um, how much t- how much of a time investment it is, that would be great. Perfect. Yeah, the practices, we need to do that. Thank you. So the retreat is called Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life. I spoke on that a little bit before. We go over John Paul II's Theology of the Body, kind of an overview, and we apply it to all different sorts of love and life issues, marriage, contraception, abortion, euthanasia, re- artificial reproductive, uh, gender, those type of things, right? It's going to be held at Maryvale, in Valley City. So Maryvale is, is, is a convent uh, that, that the Diocese of Fargo actually is just uh, acquiring, basically. And so the way to register is you can go to Maryvale, that's M-A-R-Y-V-A-L-E-N-D for North Dakota, dot org. Again, it's org. And when you go there, just click on where it says Upcoming Retreats, and then there's a list of the retreats, and just simply click on Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life. It takes you to a registration page. There's a, there's a flyer there that has more information on what it is. I'll get into that in a little bit. Registration, we're asking $50. Now, it's May 9th, 10th, and 11th. And yes, I do know that that is Mother's Day weekend, so it is Thursday afternoon, 
all day Friday and Saturday morning, May 9 through 11, 2024. We ask for a $50 registration you know, to help cover the cost. And then for those who are able, uh, a $200 suggested donation, total suggested do- donation for those who can't. You know, if you can't, if you just can't, just have 50 bucks, fine. Sign up. The Holy Spirit will provide. But again, it's MaryvaleND.org. You can also go to FargoDiocese.org and go to the Respect Life office. And then there, there you can also find Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life. The flyer is there. And the link, the registration link is provided as well. But if you want to go right to the registration link, then you go to MaryvaleND.org. Again, and May how, 9 through 11. Go ahead. How far is Maryville from Fargo? For those of us in, no, that, is, that do not live anywhere that is near a there. Great, that is a great question. It is about one hour west. Valley City is almost 60 miles west of Fargo. And if you're coming, like, you know, from the, even from Rochester, Twin Cities, wherever, it's just an easy drive up 94. Everything is just right off of I-94. And this Maryvale, if you've ever been there, it's beautiful. It's, it's on a few hundred acres right by a beautiful river just outside of Valley City. It is amazing. And in May, there'll be great time to walk, to be part of nature. To it, It'll be just amazing. And so, yeah. It'll, you, can it'll even be take, you can even take your mom with you for Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Oh, that's What a great beautiful. present for mom. There you go, Zach. I like how you think. See? There, there you go. About mom. Yeah. And is there, is there an overnight? Sorry, is this overnight as well? Like... <laughs> Or yeah. is that, or is there a commuting option? Like, how does that work? Sure, that that is a great question. So it, it is overnight. Uh, that that suggested donation and registration covers room and board as well. So uh, we will come in Friday afternoon about two o'clock, mass at three, and then we'll have supper, etc. Uh, stay overnight all day Friday, then with the meals, and then uh, Saturday morning. So it, it includes room and board. Uh, that registration. Uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's a wonderful place. Well, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't already doing a bunch of stuff that weekend, that would be like <laughs> something right. I would love to go and do. <laughs> awesome. So um, so we, we talked about how you can register and like what they can expect. Um, is there anything else you want to share about the retreat or ways, yeah. things, encouraging words for people to come? Or even if they can't go to the retreat, um, some things sure. they can do to pursue Theology of the Body. Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, um, pursuing theology of the body, and this day and age is so easy, right? I mean, go online with anything. Make sure it's a reputable source. Uh, theology of the Body Institute, of course, is good. You can take online classes there. You can actually go out to Pennsylvania and take the classes live. You can get a certification. I'm just finishing up my certification from there as well. And so there's many, many great ways. There's, you know, books. Christopher West is, is a no-brainer, right? There's other great authors as well. Um, so you can learn about it. There's three things I'd say you can do. So do that. Pray, right? Pray for the retreat. Pray for someone in your life. Just sit down. I want you to sit and think for a minute. Yourself, of course, included. But there are people in your life, and maybe a special someone will come to mind, who's struggling with something about the truth of their body, about the truth of what it means to be human, and about the truth of living this truth, you know, the way the Catholic Church teaches. Pray for that person. And then invite that person. Be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. They might not be able to come to the retreat, but maybe you can sit down at St. James Coffee with them, right, for an hour, grab them a cup of joe, and just listen for a while and talk, you know, and just be present. There's so many things. Pope Francis, right? I mean, evangelization, right? 
everywhere, all the time, just as a normal part of your life. Now, if you can't come to the retreat, let, let me give you a few more things. It's about theology of the body, culture of life issues. We talked about that. There will also be mass. There will be confessions. There will be adoration. I'm also a musician, uh, a liturgical musician, so we will do praise and worship music as well. Um, and and there, in addition to just the teaching of John Paul II, I like to make it very multimedia. There will be music. We'll, we'll sit and look at a few songs and their lyrics and see the cry of their heart. Let me give a quick little example. Um, <laughs> the boss, right, Bruce Springsteen, he's got a hungry heart. He's got a hungry heart. You know what? Mick Jagger can't get no satisfaction. And Bono still hasn't found what he's looking for. These people have everything in the world's eyes, money, power, prestige, and still... Something is missing, and that's what we want to talk about. How will God fill those hearts? It's by knowing who we are as a person and living as a person. So there will be movie clips, you know, just this little clips, three to five minute clips, right? There will be songs, so it will be multimedia. There will be time for reflection, private reflection. There will be time for discussion if, if you so choose. You don't have to enter in. But that's the kind of thing we want to invite. I'll have a nice big outline and handout with scripture quotes, with uh, quotes from the theology of the body, with quotes from John Paul II, Benedict, and Pope Francis at the end of each session that you can go, you can study it and reflect quietly in the chapel if you want. You can sit and talk about them with someone or, or a group if you want. So I really want to make this available. When you leave, it's not just going to be, what did he say about this? What did he say? You'll have it in your hands. You'll have it in your heart. And you'll have the opportunity to share it with others. Oh, that's beautiful. What is your favorite St. John Paul II quote? Oh. I know, sorry, that was way out of nowhere, that, but he's looking okay. at me no, from the wall right next to us, and I'm no, like, I feel like I'm supposed that, to ask you that's that. all right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I think it's like, that. I'm paraphrasing now, but we, our, our God, our Father, is madly in love with us, and I am his precious son and his precious daughter. Everything flows from that, doesn't it? Everything yeah. he ever said... Everything he ever did. Of course, you know, the, the T.O.B., we, well, I shouldn't say we all know, but the T.O.B., right, the, the gospel is the body and it alone is capable of making visible what is invisible, right? The spiritual and the divine. Pope John Paul II, as he goes on to say it, he gets a little wordy, right? But he's basically saying this. As human beings, think about this. We're persons, right? Angels are persons, too. We're the only persons except for God, of course. He's the divine person. What does a person mean? We have a free will and we have a rational intellect, right? But angels don't have bodies. So John Paul II is saying, look, we're meant to be an image of God as persons, individual persons, but also as male and female, and that beautiful call to communion. And this is the way people see God. And so, oh my goodness, think about that dignity, think about the responsibility. Our bodies, and we were created to bring into the visible world what it means to love as God loves. And that... Is I mean, QB 19.4, by the way, in case you're wondering, right? That's probably my favorite quote if you had to pin me down. <laughs> <laughs> it's heartbreaking how we forget that, right? Like how we forget mm. that God loves us so much. And, you know, I work with, uh, with young people often, and, and um, it, it's striking that, that, you know, when I'm having conversations with them, I almost always have to get to, the, to, to look at them and say, you know, you matter, right? That... They, how how often we don't believe that, mm-hmm. and uh, I like how you said Tim about you, you add in some cultural references, pop culture references, and you don't have to look too hard to no. see that 
um, we're desperately hurting, right? And, and in need of that message of love, in need of encountering that love, theology of the body is a great way to do that. I was just thinking, um, that would be a great thing to just say to yourself in the mirror every mm. morning that God loves you. He's madly in love with you and like you matter. Like, like if you started every day like that and you reminded yourself, yeah. like, yeah, how, how different would things be? And that's, that's such a, I'm so glad that you're doing this theology of the body stuff. It's so sorely needed in the world. And it's, I think once people understand it, everything else just seems to make sense. Yep. So true. I was, I was teaching this again on Monday and just to use an example, right? a person, I looked at this young, she brought her baby, her infant there, right? It was awesome. And I, I, I said her name, I won't say it on the air, but I said, do you know that you are unrepeatable, irreplaceable, indispensable? You're unique. No one is ever like you. No one ever will be like you. You're the only you. You're so, and she says, wow, I feel great. And that's what we need to understand, the value of the person, as John Paul II said. That's what it all comes down to. Should I give the info again? It's May 9th yes. through yes, 11th, May 9th through 11th, 2024 at Maryvale. Go to maryvalend.org or fargodiocese.org. Look for the retreats. It's called Theology of the Body and the Culture of Life Retreat. $50 registration is all we ask. If you can, up to $200 for a full donation, room and board included, Thursday afternoon and evening, all day Friday and Saturday morning. Uh, and what a beautiful thing to take your mother to for Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> or if, if you're a husband, take your wife. Or if you have teenage kids over the age of 16, um, that this would be appropriate for. What a, what a beautiful way to introduce them to it as well. Because it's one thing that I don't think, yeah, we're not teaching it young enough, I don't think. Like, I discovered it well into my late 20s, and I wish I had known it. I would have lived my life a little differently if I had understood, like, what my actual value was and... You know, that God was madly in love with me and that everything I did was important. Um, well, thank you very much, Tim, for being with us today. Uh, that's once again the Theology of the Body Retreats. at, um, And Tim is coming to us from St. Anne and Joachim. Thank you for being with us today. Um, after the break, we will be coming back with me, actually, as a guest. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about my trip um, to Spain. I just recently walked the Camino de Santiago. So we will be back um, on Real Presence Live with that. Tune in. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know. you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift 
free will. He risks that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.